Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is grace. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles, and join us. I am Pastor Amanda Zenzelow, the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, Grace. It sounds easy, sounds obvious, but I have no idea what it is. (laughs) What is it? How do you explain grace? This is what I'm asking. It's a great question. Grace is kind of like the air that we breathe. Oh, geez. Let me ask you this. Is it different from the Holy Spirit? Yes. Oh, okay. We can play 20 questions. Oh, (laughs) I'm not any good at that. (laughs) Is it bigger than a hand basket? I would. (laughs) No. (laughs) Grace is an, uh, it's an intangible. I mean, I don't know that we can give it a tangible kind of a substance explanation. Okay. Grace is bigger than everything and free and expensive and all the things all at once. Is this something that comes from the Bible? The theological concept, the word? Yes, both. Both. It's in the Bible. It's absolutely in the scriptures. And as a theological concept, it's in the scriptures. Okay. And it's definitely in the Greek scriptures. I was going to say, is this, are we talking Old Testament or New Testament? Uh, I would probably need to ask a Hebrew scholar okay. to be more specific, whether or not it's in the Hebrew scriptures in powerful ways. I would say that God's steadfast love that endures forever. So is grace. Is grace. Okay. Right. The Hebrew word is hesed. And I would interpret that as being grace. And that's all through the Psalms. And you can read that in lots of the Hebrew scriptures. Okay. But the grace as we speak about it is more along the lines of in Paul's writings. Okay. Not necessarily in the Gospels. This is Paul trying to explain to new faith communities what and how we are made right with God. Okay. Because the phrase that all Lutherans should know is (laughs) through grace alone, correct? The full length of the phrase is that we are justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. And that comes from Paul's writings. Okay. And some people shorten it down to justified by grace. Okay. Right. And They don't put the whole thing together, but just kind of lean into that justified by grace thing. But it's a much bigger statement than that. And it's much more complex than that. Okay. So first we have to kind of look at the word justified. What does it mean to be justified? So to be justified in God's eyes is to be in right relationship with God. Okay. To be back in community back in proper standing. You're acting correctly. You're following commandments. Mm, No? Your Roman Catholic background is showing. Exactly. Uh Your Roman Catholic background is showing there. It's not about what you do. Okay. It's not about you. You have been restored to loving relationship with God. Okay. So think about more along the lines of... A parent and a child's relationship. Okay. And it's not about whether or not that child, say something horrible has happened. That child has committed a horrible, 
tragic, evil thing. The child has killed an animal. The child has, you know, done something horrible. Okay. It is not that the child has spent their time in prison, paid their fines, and done their due diligence of becoming a better person that restores that child to relationship with the loving parent, right? Okay. The relationship is restored through some kind of gift from something we don't understand that allows that parent to just continue to love that child, hold them accountable okay, to their behaviors and that kind of thing, yes, and loving that child nonetheless. Okay? Big, okay. weird concept. But there's nothing the child can do to earn that love from that parent. The parent simply loves because they have to. They may not like the kid. <laughs> Right? Uh-huh. They may not be proud of the kid. They may not like what the kid has done, but they're still going to love them because that's what the parent does. So how does this compare to unconditional love? I am Lutheran, so I think it's the same thing. Okay. Okay. But what we're saying here is that to be justified is to be returned into that loving relationship with God. Okay. That somehow... This relationship has been restored, that we have done things and that our choices are such that the relationship between us and God could be irreparably broken. I would say inventing torture, which is this intentional harming of another God-created human being Mm -hmm. in order to take advantage of and to have power over someone. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, that kind of breaking of relationship and God's intention for the world could keep us from a relationship with God. But in this, we have that relationship with God has been restored. And God is able to, one, find a way to help a person back from being a torturer. Okay. And be restored back into community and healed back into community. God is able to love that person in spite of what they have done to other people. So what about the argument that somebody's going to use it as a get out of jail free card? Mm, Doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. God still loves me so I can do anything. Yep. And that's, that is probably one of the arguments that gets thrown back at Lutherans more than anything. I believe it. Because now you're just talking about cheap grace. It's so cheap, right? Well, I'm sorry. I don't think it's cheap. Jesus paid an awful lot for it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but that Jesus, Jesus paid his life. A long time ago. And we could take that for granted, or we could understand what a gift that is. Okay. And there's a whole conversation around that, and there's some really beautiful stuff that's been written about cheap grace and about the true expensive grace. Mm-hmm. And how we enter into this relationship with challenge, with difficulty, with humbleness, and trying to not take grace for granted. And then how that can inspire us to live our lives in a way that is going to look very much the same as a Catholic who believes that what you do earns your salvation. Mm -hmm. Because our acts are still necessary. We still have to do something because of our faith. 
but we're not doing something in order to earn that grace now. We've been given the grace so we get to do something. Okay. This is all really, really hard stuff to understand. And for those of us who are relatively new in the faith, I just want to say this stuff is confusing. Mm -hmm. It's very confusing and it's difficult to kind of wrap your head around. And that's totally okay. If this is kind of like you're listening and going, what? This makes absolutely no sense. Mm -hmm. It's totally okay. Because when we look farther into this phrase, justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, there's even more grace to be found because it doesn't necessarily have to do with us. Okay, how so? Well, we can interpret this as we have to believe in Jesus Christ in order to receive God's grace. No other gods apply. Right. You can interpret it that way. Okay. Especially in the English, I think we can look at it that way and see it that way. And it feels a little more clear cut and obvious that this is the way you have to do it. But when you look at the Greek, it gets more complex. Okay. Because the word in, through faith in Jesus Christ, uh -huh. in the Greek, the word in Christ can mean either our faith in Christ, so that we are justified by believing in Jesus, uh -huh. or it can be the faith that is within Christ. Oh, his faith mm -hmm. in God mm -hmm. and God's love is what justifies us. Oh, and interesting. That has nothing to do with us. No. And I'd never really thought of it from that context before. And it's that one tiny little Greek word that can have both and meanings. Sure. And so, again, we start to have this conversation about, well, if you believe this, then do you have universal salvation? All those kinds of pieces. Well, I say <laughs> that... There are a lot of theologians throughout history who have had that conversation. Paul Tillich, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, lots of these Lutheran theologians who've had these conversations around if it has nothing to do with what we do, uh -huh. if it is the work of Jesus that is what justifies us, if it is the faith within Jesus that makes us restored to relationship with God, then who are we to know who is in and who is out? So according to these Lutheran theologians, because it's Christ's faith in the world, in humanity, in God, in everything, everybody's saved. Doesn't matter who you are. They don't say that. Okay. People don't necessarily go straight there because we don't say that we believe in universal salvation. Okay. There's perhaps a little gray there, but there's certainly the openness to the conversation to say, how do we know that it's not universal salvation? Okay. And so that becomes a really sticky point. Even within the progressive ELCA, it becomes a sticky point of, well, how then... Do we understand some of these verses that do make it sound like you have to come through Jesus mm -hmm. in order to be saved and have salvation? Mm -hmm. And so we wrestle with it. We live in a both and denomination where we don't necessarily say it is universal salvation, but we don't necessarily say that it isn't. And we don't 
think that you have to come through the ELCA to be saved. Okay. And we can do interfaith work and interdenominational work. And we have a little bit more flexibility and leeway because of our understanding around this idea and this topic of grace. Uh Uh-huh. And that God's love is bigger than our understanding. And that God's forgiveness and God's longing for us all to be in community, I think all of those things are different ways to say grace, Uh that all of those things kind of override our deep human desire to decide who is in and who is out. Okay. And to define and create an us and a them. And I don't know why, as human beings, we are so desperate to create us and them. Oh, but we are. But we are. And I don't know why we are so intent upon creating a world of scarcity. But we are. And Mm -hmm. it seems to be getting worse. And I think in some ways, I wonder how much our own economy drives that. Mm -hmm. Because it's really, really helpful to the gross domestic product for us to be afraid of each other Mm -hmm. and for us to feel like we don't have enough so that we go out and we buy and we purchase and we do the things to stock up and to take care of our own kind of thing. It's a lot less helpful when we share all things in common Mm -hmm. and live relying upon one another the way that the book of Acts describes the early church. I think that some of this has to do with how our economy runs. And some of this has to do with our culture. Sure. And our theology gets tied up within our culture. Fair enough. So getting back to our theology, Mm -hmm. this grace thing, Mm -hmm. it's something that you don't earn, you get, and you get from the start. Mm -hmm. And... Everybody who is Lutheran gets it, or everybody, everybody gets it? (laughs) Should we just not go there? No, 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 we can go there. We believe that everyone is offered this grace. Okay. And in some ways, it's kind of like a present that you get the moment that you are created. Okay. And then comes the what do you do with it part. Okay. But it doesn't stop you being given the gift. It's so hard to describe because one of the things that we believe in Lutheran theology is that it's not about us going to God. It's not from the bottom going up. It's from the up coming down. It's from God coming to us. Uh And this grace is God coming to us. So we affirm this in infant baptism, for example, Mm -hmm. that in the baptism of an infant, we are affirming that we believe that God comes to us with this free gift of grace. We don't have to know anything. We don't have to understand anything. We don't have to be able to do anything. We don't even have to be able to lift up our own head yet. And God's grace is fully present for us. And God's love is fully present for us as infants. And that's why we have infant baptism in the Lutheran church. Uh Uh-huh. In the same way, when we do adult baptisms, we are, again, affirming that God's grace comes to us through no act of our own. So a beautiful line in one of our formal documents of the ELCA that I love is that we baptize infants as if they were adults, fully able to make this choice 
Mm-hmm. And we baptize adults as if they were infants, helpless and unable to do anything but receive the gift of grace and that kind of a flip. So again, it's never about us making the choice. It's never about what we do or that we have done to deserve God's love. It is 100% about God just pouring that love out for us and drenching us with it and creating the world drenched in it. I oftentimes talk about how much I love that the physical manifestation of grace has been chosen to be water in our world Mm -hmm. because our world is three quarters water. Mm -hmm. Our bodies are three quarters water, Mm -hmm. right? We are creatures of grace. We're soaked in it. We're created of it. It's imbued in our very nature that this love of the divine is going to be everywhere always. And we can't get rid of it. Right. Water is one of the things that if we don't have, we will not survive. Mm -hmm. And dehydration is real. (laughs) Right. So we rely on this water to exist and we rely on water to remind us that God's love is everywhere for us. I don't know about you, but I'm not like, oh, I got to like refill my three quarters of water in my body. Like. Not so much, no. I mean, like, I stay hydrated. I specifically drink water to stay hydrated, but I'm not trying to figure out how to fill up my tank. Yeah. It's just something that is given. It's something that is part and parcel. And that, to me, is a way that I understand grace. There's nothing I could ever do to earn it. There's nothing I'm going to do to lose it. And now that I know it, now that I know that I am loved and cared for by God and given gifts to do things with, to help others know that now I get to go out and make the world a better place. And that knowledge of something that loves me and believes in me 100%, no matter what I do is what gives me the ability to do what I do Mm -hmm. in serving the world. Right. And so that's what grace is about for me. And I think that's what I try to explain to the kids of the congregation, what grace is about, Mm -hmm. right? God loves you no matter what is this tagline, because it's about this promise that God is going to be with you. And even if you do something really horrible, God is still going to be with you. Mm -hmm. And that's not cheap. That's really expensive. If you have ever had to still love someone who has done something evil, Mm -hmm. there's nothing cheap about that. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be like a big thing. I mean, anytime somebody says something hurtful, Mm -hmm. it's still hard to love and forgive and move on. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing cheap about it. No. You know, that kind of stuff can be some of the most expensive, heart-wrenching stuff that we ever experience. So when people come at me and saying, well, then you can just do anything you want. I'm like, I'm not giving you permission to be a jerk. Mm -hmm. I'm giving you permission to understand that you're loved. Not giving you permission to take advantage of other people. Because if you know that you are loved, then eventually you get to understand that everyone is that loved. Mm -hmm. And you get to learn, okay, well, then if I am that loved and you are that loved, then we're equal Mm -hmm. and the world changes. I don't know. I listened to an interesting sermon last night by the postdoctoral student in my doctorate work. 
And he opened up talking about who are the one group of people that hate serving Christians. And he talked about a situation where a whole bunch of Christians had come into a diner and they paid to the penny what was on their bill and not a single bit of tip. And uh-huh. they left like a, a tract, an evangelism tract on the table for the waitress and treated her terribly and, and just took advantage of the space. But then some gangsters walked in and they treated her respectfully mm-hmm. and they left a huge tip and the pain of knowing that sometimes Christians can be so concerned about people's souls, but not see them as human beings. Yeah, that's an interesting twist. Right. And I think that what I love is that this theology lets me not worry about people's souls because God took care of that a long time ago. You're just concerned about how you're treating them as people. So now I get to see them as brothers and sisters. Mm Mm-hmm. And I get to treat them with respect and love because I'm not worried about saving them. And I'm not thinking that they're less than me because they aren't. Oh, in so many ways. That is such a freeing view. Mm -hmm. If you let it be that. Right. And again, this is part of why I am an ELCA Lutheran. Mm -hmm. Because this core tenet of our theology And our core tenet of what we believe is God's way of acting in this world, I could not be a person of public faith if I didn't have this understanding of God's love. This is central to me. Okay. All right, then. Here's a heavy last question for you. If you lose faith, do you lose the grace? It's not a heavy question. Really? Because the grace was not yours to lose. It's given. There you go. (gasps) I knew the answer. You knew the answer. Oh, I've been doing podcasts a long time. (laughs) It's not about your faith. Okay. It's about the faith in Christ. It's about Jesus's faith. In those moments when we can't believe ourselves, Jesus and the Holy Spirit step in for us. Nice. They got your back. Grace. Grace, 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 grace. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about grace. I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for joining in and for listening along. We hope to hear from you either by receiving email at podcast at centralportland.org or a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. And as we get closer to our 100th podcast coming up in the next few weeks, if you have a suggestion of what we should be talking about in that podcast... We would love to hear it. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.